Good morning. We want to say thank you to the choir, to Ron and Kay, and thank God for His grace that He's so abundantly bestowed upon us. And we're glad that you're here today. If you're uh, a guest with us, we're so happy that you've joined us today, and we just want you to make yourself at home and just worship the Lord with us. We're just uh, people that are saved by the grace of God. And if you're saved, you're our brother and sister in Christ, and we appreciate you being here today. Good to see Sister Gwen back with us this morning, and uh, we want to continue to pray for her as she's still hurting from the loss of her husband. And we, we just thank the Lord that she's able to be with us today. Take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. We're going to read verses 32 through 37. And if you would, uh, please stand with us out of reverence to the Word of God if you're able to do so. Acts chapter 4 and verse 32, it says, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them. And brought the prices of the things that were sold. And laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. And Hosea, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it, and brought the money, and laid it at the apostles' feet. Would you pray with me, please? Fathers, we come before you today. We come to thank you for the privilege just to call upon your name in prayer to thank you for your grace that you have so abundantly bestowed upon us. Thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus, who came, lived a sinless life, was falsely accused, beaten, nailed to a cross, crucified, and hung there and died who was buried in a borrowed tomb, and three days later, he arose from the dead. And he's alive forevermore. And I thank you that he's here with us even today. Father, I praise you. And I ask you, Lord, just to take me and use me today. Open my mind that I may understand your word. Open my mouth, Lord, that I may show forth your praises. And Lord, open our ears that we may hear from you. And I pray that you'll just do a work in this service today that only you can do. We bless you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Be seated, please. Last Sunday we had preached about the prayer that was prayed in the church. 
We're seeing God at work in His church as He brings them around and begins to help the church to grow and to prosper. Last Sunday I touched on something, but I want to go back today and just kind of enforce it a little bit. Verse 30, there's a couple of words there that I want to look at and we're going to use these today. As they prayed, they asked God to stretch forth His hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of Thy holy child, Jesus. I want to take the two words, signs and wonders, and tie it in with this because this is an ongoing passage of Scripture. There's no real break in it. They asked God to do something in their midst. Signs and wonders, and I've had to do some research on this, but to put it down into words that I can understand and can relate uh, to, they were asking God to do some things that only God could do, and they were to be visible things, things that people could see that God was at work. In this passage that we're looking at today, we begin to see where God is answering that prayer. God brings about some things that only He can do. He brought about some things that were visible, that people could see, and they could understand that God was at work. I think today the reason that we have so many people that do not believe in God is that they don't see God doing anything today, or they at least think they don't see God doing anything today. But I want to tell you something. When you woke up this morning, God woke you up. Did you ever think about that? When you went to sleep last night, it was God who allowed you to go to sleep. When you breathed this morning and uh, and you're breathing right now, it's God that is allowing you to do that. But a lot of times people want to see spectacular things. Well, let's look at some of the things that God begins to use here in this passage of Scripture. Things that only God can do. They had asked God for another thing. For Him to give them boldness to speak the Word of God. Now look at verse 32. And the multitude that them that were believed were of one heart and of one soul. There was a unity that had come among this group of people. We're talking thousands of people. The church had grown to at least 5,000 by this time and perhaps even more. The last account we had, it was at 5,000. But notice something that happens here. The multitude of them that believed Now, this is not including the unbelievers who were a a fraction part of the crowd, no doubt, that had gathered there that day. But those who believed, those who had trusted Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. The Bible says that they were of one heart and of one soul. That speaks of unity. They were united in in their work for the Lord Jesus Christ. They were united in their worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. They were united 
in everything that they were doing. And that's something that can be seen. You can see division very quickly among a group of people. You can see division that happens when, when people get in arguments about this thing or that thing and, and people begin to take side and that causes division. But here they had unity. They had come together. They were uh, uh, adhered to each other. And it was so much so that it was a visible thing. The multitude that believed were of one heart and of one soul. Now notice how this plays out. Neither said any of them that all of the things which he possessed was his own, but they had all things common. There were people there from other nations. There were people there who were rich. There were people there who were poor. There were people there that had nothing. There was people there that had lots of things. But notice what takes place here. Nobody said that what he possessed was his own. Every one of them surrendered their right to own anything. It wasn't forced on them. This was something that God was doing in their midst. They began to see someone over here that didn't have enough food or somebody over there that didn't have enough clothes. And they said, well, I've got more than enough. Let me share with them. And they began to share with each other. Nobody said, it's my possessions. A spirit of unselfishness had come upon God's people here. And that's a wonderful thing that can happen in people's lives. They had all things common. And notice what else it says. And with great power, gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. With great power, Jesus had told them, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me in both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. This power was being poured out upon them, the power of the Holy Spirit of God. With great power gave the apostles witness of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, every one of those apostles had saw Jesus personally after he arose from the dead. As a matter of fact, that was a mark that made them an apostle. They must have seen the risen Lord. When they elected Matthias, that was one of the qualifications that he must have seen the risen Lord. And here now, they're giving witness. They're telling other people about who they've seen. They tell them how they saw Jesus. They tell them about the things that Jesus had taught them and all of these kind of things. And they were witnesses for the Lord. And when you see people who are witnessing under the power of the Holy Spirit of God, you know that only God can do that in their life. It's not a, a man-made thing. With great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And I love this. All, most all the songs of this morning were about God's grace. 
I didn't know those songs were going to be sung today. And I don't think Ron knew what I'd be preaching today. He may have known the passage of Scripture since I'm going verse by verse. But notice, and great grace was upon them all. What do you mean, Pastor? Grace. What is grace? God's unmerited favor. It's something you can't earn. It's something you can't buy. It's not anything you can borrow from somebody else. But it's a gift that comes from God. Great grace was upon them all. God just poured out His grace upon that congregation that day. Only God can do that. Now notice in verse 34. Neither was there any among them that lacked. God begins to provide. One of the names of God that I I love so much is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who provides. That's been one of my favorite names for Him for many, many years. Because I saw the Lord provide so many times. And in so many ways. And here we see his provision being made. Neither was any among them that lacked. Why? For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of them that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet and distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. Something wonderful is happening here. Nobody told these people they had to go sell their possessions. But they just began to volunteer. They just began as God was working in their midst. Some of them maybe had houses in Jerusalem. And maybe they lived in Cyprus or somewhere else. There were people there from several different nations, we know. And they began to sell their houses off. They began to sell these possessions. What was happening in their hearts? They were so in love with Jesus. They were so in love with with who Jesus is and what Jesus had done in their life. They were so in love with Him that they became so unselfish and they, they began to just share with other people. Those that didn't have what they had. They began to sell off some properties and those kind of things. Bring the proceeds They laid them at the apostles' feet. And it says, And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. If there was a need, it was met. That had to be a work of God in somebody's life. Just start walking down Tennessee Avenue today. And when you meet someone, you just say, Hey, friend, would you sell your house and give me the proceeds of it? See how quick you get laughed out of town. That was something that God was doing here. They became so free-hearted. They became so willing to give. And I, I thought about this. 
back the first of the year, we, we did a study course for eight weeks on uh, a return unto me. That was a command that God had given to his people over in the book of Malachi. Return unto me, he said, and I will return unto you. And you know what the question was? Why, why Jesus, why God was telling his people there in the book of Malachi to return to him? They started asking questions about that. In what way do you want us to return? And God asked another question. God said, will a man rob God? And I'm sure they were stunned by that question. Will a man rob God? And they said, well, have we robbed you? And God says, in tithes and in offerings? They had failed to bring their tithes and their offerings to God. Now, a tithe just simply means a tenth. A tenth of what God has blessed you with. God asks us to give that back to Him. But there's probably people under the sound of my voice today that you don't give God a tenth of what you've got, let alone give Him everything you've got. But these people, their lives had been changed. They were filled with God's Spirit. They were doing what only God would have them to do as they shared their possessions one with another. And they brought it and laid it down at the apostles' feet and said, here, distribute it out as it's needed. And then the Bible gives us a, an example of a man that did this in verses 36 and 37. It says in Hosea, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas. They nicknamed him Barnabas, and that means the son of consolation or the son of encouragement. Everywhere that you find Barnabas in the Word of God, you'll find him doing something that encourages people, something that would help someone else, something that would console someone, something that would bring comfort and strength to those people. Barnabas was that kind of a person. He had that nickname about him. And it says that he was a Levite. That means he was out of the tribe of Levi. He could have been one of the priests. He was out of the tribe of Levi. And he was from the country of Cyprus. That island of Cyprus out there in the Mediterranean Sea. He had come to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. His life had been dramatically changed. From just being a Levite to being a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. His life had been made new. And he, he had some property that he sold it. And he brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. But now I want us to run on into the next chapter for just a few minutes. We're talking about things that can be seen that God is at work. But when you hear that little word, but, the subject's about to change. 
But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira and his wife sold a possession. And kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now Ananias and Sapphira, they're a part of this up there in verse 30, 31, it says, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They had been filled with God's Spirit up there in that earlier passage of Scripture. Now down here, things are going differently. They sold that possession and they kept back part of the price. His wife also being privy to it, and they brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. I suppose, and I, I'm going to fill in a little bit here, but I suppose that when Barnabas brought this humongous gift and laid it at the apostles' feet, I suppose there were some oohs and ahs that went on. And Ananias and Sapphira, they wanted some recognition. They cook it up in their, their mind that they have got some property that they will sell. And they did that. They went out and sold it. But they kept back a part. And the Bible is very plain about it. It wasn't just Ananias, but it was also his wife. She was being privy to it. Or she was a part of it. They brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But now notice something that happens here. But Peter, but Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? How did Peter know that? How did Peter know what was happening? Evidently, the Holy Spirit had made it known to Peter. And he asked, notice the word that he used. Why has Satan filled thine heart? Now go back to what I said just a minute ago. They were part of that group up there where it says they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They had been filled with God's Spirit some time before. The Bible commands us to be filled with God's Spirit. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. That should be a normal thing for we who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. But it's come to the place to where it's an abnormal thing today. Most of us just want to operate in the flesh. We just want to do what we can do. But you see, when you're operating with the Holy Spirit, you get what God can do. Peter said, Ananias... Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Why, Ananias? Why? You've allowed Satan to fill your heart 
The Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. We can find several passages of Scripture that tells us about those kind of things. Why? Why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of the land? Now, I want you to notice something here in verses 4 and 5. He says, while it remained, was it not your own? Yes, it's his. After it was sold, was it not in your own power? Yes, nobody demanded this of him. Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Now notice the charge against him here. Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. Have you ever lied to God? I suppose we all have at times. But now look, they had asked God to do some things in their midst. They had asked God to show up in a mighty way. They had asked God to show signs and wonders so that people would believe. Well, God's been showing them in some ways there. You've not lied unto men but you've lied to God. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came on all those who had heard these things. Ananias just falls over dead. You say, did God do that? Absolutely. God has the power of life and death. Ananias had lied to God. God had been asked to show signs and wonders, things that people could see, that they could believe, that it would convince them that God was at work in their midst. And notice what happens to the crowd here. Great fear or great reverence, great respect came on all them that heard these things. The Bible teaches us to fear God. The Bible teaches us to not fear man, but to fear God. There was a fear of God that came upon this congregation. And the young men arose and wound him up and carried him out and buried him. He had no big fancy funeral or anything of that sort. They just wrapped him up in some grave clothes, carried him out and buried him somewhere. Now, Sapphira, she was not there at that time. I don't know, maybe she had gone to her hairdresser getting things fixed up to where she's going to look pretty as she marched in before the church. About the space of three hours after this, when his wife, not knowing what was done, came in. Peter answered unto her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, Yea, for so much. Yeah, that's what we got out of it, Peter. Aren't we blessed? 
Peter said to her, how is it? How is it that you have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? And then he says something to her. Behold, look, the feet of them which have buried your husband are at the door and shall carry you out. Then fell she down straightway at his feet. She falls right at Peter's feet. She's not bowing there. She's not praying. She's dying. She fell down straightway at his feet and yielded up the ghost. She died. And the young men came in and found her dead. And carrying her forth, buried her by her husband. And notice again, and great fear, great reverence, great awe, great respect for God came upon all the church and upon as many as heard these things. Not just the church, not just the redeemed, but the crowd all around out there heard about these things. You see, when God begins to show up, God begins to do things that only God can do. It brings about a godly fear in people's hearts. That's why people don't really want God to show up. They really don't want God. They just, they just want to hear about God. They just want to hear about Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Yes, He does love you. But He's also the God of judgment. And every one of us will one day stand before a God, our God. Every one of us, one day, will be there. And we'll give an account before God of the things that we've done in this life. Of the things that we've done to honor and glorify Him. And of the things that we've done to glorify ourselves. It's kind of got quiet in here, hasn't it? Church, if we're going to reach this city for Christ, we're going to have to let God be in the midst. We're going to have to let God do His thing in our lives. God loves you. If you're lost, He wants you to be saved. If you're saved, He wants you to live for Him. He wants to fill you with His Holy Spirit. He wants you to be a witness for Him. 
He wants other people to be able to see Jesus in and through our lives. If we live for the devil six days a week and come to the house of God on the Lord's day and expect the Lord to show up and bless us, we're just fooling ourselves. But God is wanting to be the center of our lives, the center of this church. He wants everything focused around Him. And they had prayed and asked God to show signs and wonders. God, just show out. Just come and show us who you are. Do things only you can do. They wasn't expecting a couple of deaths, I would guarantee you that. But it got their attention. Sometimes God uses strange things to get our attention. But God wants to work in our lives. He wants us to follow Him. I don't really know how to give this invitation today, so I'm just going to ask God to give the invitation, okay? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, as we stand in your presence today, we come to thank you that you are here. We sung that this morning, that you're here. And Lord, we believe that with all of our heart, that you are here. And we ask you, Lord, to do things that only you can do. We've seen what we can do, and we don't do anything. But Lord, we want to hear from you today. And Lord, this is your invitation time. And I just step aside, Lord, and ask you that you give the invitation. And that you be glorified and you be magnified in all that is said and done. For it's in the name of Jesus we pray.